up sims and lufko episode 130 and look what is to my left producer josh Fenter. what's my name oh your royal highness it's so good to see you today your oh, royal you. fucking highness up yours you fucker sims why are you calling him your royal highness well because we didn't have a bet so he texts me you know saturday morning oh maryland's gonna be texas blah 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 and i said okay though this is the deal i said if texas wins you gotta call me king all week in the office and then he responded, okay, if Marilyn wins, you got to call me your royal highness. So, wait, what's my name? Your royal highness. Did you think that Marilyn had a chance? I did. I knew how bad Texas is. Man, Man people again, were shocked. I, people got to get over the name and the logo on the helmet and just realize that the team, there's nothing there. I mean, look at the draft. Did we talk about anybody that could be in the first round of the draft for Texas? No. Did we talk about anybody in the second round for the draft from Texas? No. I mean, again, North Dakota State and Georgia Southern have had more uh, players I'll drafted. I'll just say this. Super happy for Charlie Strong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't his fault. I saw that. Uh, was that you got, Were you on the group text together with the yeah. meme of the person dancing with Charlie Strong's yeah, head? That exactly. was pretty good. That was good. Uh, before we get into everything, uh, loyal podcast listeners, Sims and Lefko fans, you guys are the freaking best. And we have talked about sponsors on this podcast for a very long time. Well, guess what? Cha-ching! <laughs> We've got one, and we need your help, and I'm actually super excited about it. Dollar Shave Club is looking to hook you guys up, and they sent me all this stuff. Here's the deal. They want to work with us. We want to work with them. Right. I think we're very much the Dollar Shave Clubs of podcasts. We are. They're trying to disrupt the shaving industry by delivering it to your home. Awesome products. Yeah. We're trying to trying to disrupt all those know-nothing football guys out there that keep telling you all this stuff that isn't real. We're very similar to them. Yes. Here's the deal. A starter set, you got $5 Awesome. Here's what happens. For $5, you're going to get all this stuff. You have to go to dollarshaveclub.com slash BR. Help us be the best podcast ever for $5. dollarshaveclub.com slash BR. You get a razor. This is what you get. For $5, it's absurd. You get a razor, which comes with all these razors. You put it in there. Uh, Sims, you're a shaver. Yeah, I do. that's what Bang. I use right there. Do you really do this? Yeah, exactly right. Here's the other thing. You get shave butter. That's awesome. You get body cleanser. And the thing I'm most excited about once we get out of this hot-ass studio... Is a wipe? A one-wipe Charlie. Because <laughs> I am going to be so gosh darn clean. Here's how it works. They're going to keep sponsoring us if you guys just go and spend $5. Hook us up. And they'll turn the air conditioning on in this room. This that would be, be amazing. amazing. So go to dollarshaveclub.com slash BR and it's $5 how often and they you give shave? you this box. How often do you shave? I'm Start shaving. I'm going to shave my arms with Dollar Shave Club. I'm going to shave other things. Well, hey, how often do you manscape? Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. I trim. I'm like a once a week manscaper. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's no good problem. to know. Good. What do you think Josh is? I think Josh is a braider. <laughs> 
<laughs> your Dollar Royal Highness? Club, don't be like your Royal Highness. I grew out my beard a couple weeks ago for the fish concert, and then was, everybody, I looked disgusting. You look, no, you didn't look, you look oh, very Mike Greenberg ish. But I you, told made you, fun of me, you made fun of me for the white hole I have under my chin well, where that, I can't grow yes. any facial hair. I mean, I, even if you were the most handsome man on the planet, I would have made right. fun of you, your Royal Highness. But now that we have this, I might grow out my beard all the time. Dollar Shave Club. Check it out. DollarShaveClub.com slash BR. Thanks again, Dollar Shave Club. I went out to California. I met those guys. They're really cool. I appreciate it. Their office is almost as cool as this one. Really? Swear to God. Uh, Sims, I don't know if you guys saw it. A bunch of you were sending us memes on Saturday. Sims working Notre Dame in his suit and tie out there with Liam McHugh standing <laughs> so in the- So adorable. In the incredible field of Notre Dame. He <laughs> the said, hallowed this ground. This is just so special out here. <laughs> there was one part where they showed you and Liam, and they said, coming up in a little bit, the newest member of our team, Sims, and you kind of hit Liam. Right. And I definitely thought in my head, he just turned to him and said, hey, they're talking about us. Or we're probably on camera right now. Is that what happened? I was going to do something silly. I was going to like make it. him turn around and like put him in a headlock. In the, uh, I, I wanted to do something like Did that. Did you say anything like horrifically inappropriate in like the production meetings with the producers around Liam? There what are they worried about Well, you? they're already amazed with my ability to say fuck so freely and then cut it off when the camera goes. Were the, you think they were worried? Well, no, they're not worried. Because if but, there's one broadcast that would be really bad if you let an Netflix <laughs> yeah, you're right. That would be Notre Dame football. <laughs> That's the truth. No, but they're not worried. So yeah, I'm good. you're doing Notre Dame, and then you're going to be on Kathy Lee and Hoda on Thursday morning. I was on today. You missed it. Sorry. What? Yee. How was it? Didn't tell you. Did you yee. drink wine? I did not. It was fun, though. It was just like real quick, four, three, four-minute segment. They asked like questions, like multiple choice, like obvious football things, and I was just there to the filler to make like some fun comments. And Again, I don't know how you're not saying inappropriate things on either of those broadcasts. It's a skill. It's a sim skill. My son has it as well. I, I love that Sims thinks that it's like a really good skill to pass down. <laughs> I'm going to find the video of you with Kathy Lee and Hoda. Um, all right, hold on. So you guys talked about Texas, Maryland. Uh, Josh Rosen was all people wanted to talk about. I just want to finish up college football. Yeah, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, two hundred ninety-nine, two passing yards in the fourth quarter. Everyone said, "Oh, he's definitely the number one quarterback." We came into work on Monday and or Tuesday and said, uh, "I know this is weird, but I didn't find it that impressive." Well, uh, he was. It was a great game. He's got. Great poise. Hell of a game. Right. Great poise. Uh, th- there's a lot to be said there. Can play the quarterback position the right way. He's a good thrower of the football, but I think what you said is exactly right. I mean, there's nothing physically you're going to look at a Josh Rosen and just go, oh, man, Ooh, look at that Patrick Mahomes arm, or look at that Trubisky run and throw the ball on the run, whatever it may be. Yeah. There's a lot of good there, but there's nothing physically elite about him, and you know how I feel about that. So, yeah, I really look at Rosen as going – He's a second or third round type quarterback. Mm. Doesn't mean he can't be a star in the NFL. Could have a long career, in but the just NFL. don't see. I don't see the talent level or the physicality of like him compared to a Josh Allen or a Mason Rudolph right. or even my guy in Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield. Who you think is like the next Russell Wilson? I do. Yes, it'll be interesting. But I'll say this: he'll always have that. What a hell of a game! And I love the chosen Rosen, and he's and it was against the Aggies, which I like even more. Of course you did. Uh, So we've I've decided talking to Josh that because the NFL season is starting, and we're doing three shows a week: Monday recap, Wednesday deep dive. By the way. These podcasts, I've approved it with Fendrick, are going to go 90 minutes or more. And by, by approved it with Fendrick, he means he told me, and then it was that was just the end of the so conversation. So even today, we're going 90 we're minutes? We're going long. Really? In this hottest. 
we have a lot. This is our opportunity to really dive deep into a lot of football stuff. Right. And then our Friday show that comes out Friday will be our pick segment. So okay. we can spend the whole time on picks. Okay. I, have, I need to milk your brain. Okay. You fine. have a lot of good football shit in there. Okay. And I need it to uh. steal it for when I make my picks. <laughs> uh, but what I decided was is we need a constitution. This show stands for certain things, and we need to remember what we stand for, and we need to never waver from those things. And I need help from the fans to decide what is the Sims and Lefko Constitution. First thing on the Constitution, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback to ever play. Hands up to the sky. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback to ever play. That is the first level of the Constitution. <laughs> Number two, these are, I only have two. Beans, not beef. Beans, Beans not, not beef. beef. So the two we have right now is Aaron. That was awesome. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback to ever play in Beans, not beef. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Better yet, put it in the iTunes comment section. Five-star review. I'm guaranteed to read it. Add something to our Constitution, and we will vote in the beginning of every episode whether or not it's Constitution worthy. Okay. So there will be some that someone might say, ooh, you know what? Alex Smith's a check down Charlie. Go, yeah, but I don't know if that's Constitution worthy. But right now, Aaron Rodgers, beans, beans not beef. Good start. One of the other things that I'm adding to the Constitution is Kyle Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. I know that you got uh, uh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is, is our, our favorite, favorite coach, coach in the, the NFL. NFL. <laughs> All right, so now we have three. Uh, but the reason we're doing that, I know that you have some fights with him sometimes, and you're besties, and you have your initials tattooed on each other's legs. Right. We have been saying for the three years that we've been doing this, he needs to get a head coaching job. Yep. He finally gets one. And because of that, every episode, we're going to get a little Kyle Shanahan nugget, whether okay. it's a quote or something like that. I we're like aligning it. with Kyle Shanahan. We're putting our – if he gets fired in a year – Fuck. Can you believe it? I got to root for the fucking 49ers. I love it. My whole childhood, I hated them. Now I got to root for them. Uh, so I have two things about Kyle Shanahan this week. One, Kyle, now that he's a head coach, yes. uh, apparently he loves to listen in to the defensive coordinators talking while because now he can listen to offense and defense. The quote is, I think some of the offensive coaches are getting annoyed with me sometimes because they think I'm actually listening to them, but I'm on the defensive headset a lot. So now he gets to listen to two sides. I think it's going to make him a better coach. Yes, it is. He's, he, this is what I'll tell you right off the bat, just a tidbit there. Kyle became who he is because he took time to – Listen to the defensive coaches he was at on the staffs of them early on in his career. Right, like when Wade I was in Tampa. Stuff. Oh, Monty Kiffin. I mean, yeah. I used to go. Like, I'd be leaving the facility. You know, seven o'clock at night. I'd peek my head in the defensive room. Kyle would be in the back of the room, sitting on the floor, learning their rules, mm. so he could one day get. Well, DC is always cool with that. Yeah, you know the when you're the head coach, they don't have an option. Yes. when you're like the offensive DC, assistant. Yeah, but usually, listen, if you're a coach and you're wanting to get better at ball, yeah. the, it's usually an inclusive conversation. Let's get uh, the it. other one. Christian McCaffrey, since the Panthers are playing the Niners, said, do you remember Kyle Shanahan? He goes, yeah, you know what? We go back when I was little. I think he babysat me a few times. I'm no joke. I mean, Kyle Kyle it used to be like mini Ed McCaffrey in college. That's who he was. I mean, he he, wore, he was a white boy supreme. He, he was a white boy supreme. He wore 87. He had all these advanced drills that the college kids were like, what the fuck are you doing? Really? And then he started the trend on the Texas team. If you watch – Really good receivers in the NFL right now. Like you look at Odell, they might have a, they might cut out across 
in their cleat where their big toe is because oh. when they have to jam in their foot into the ground, they don't want to get turf toe. It or gives a like little that. more room for the the foot so to move. So they just slit the shoe. They slit the shoe like and right Kyle where, did that. Kyle did that, and then the Texas kids, all the guys on the team, were like, "Why are you doing that?" And then a few of the receivers did, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Wow. And because uh, yeah. Kyle's been around NFL Kyle's teams been around his NFL. entire life, right. we have two iTunes comments that were about Kyle, so I'm going to ask them now. First one is Lil Kazar calling us the Ultimate Players Podcast. Love the podcast. Love you, little Kazar. Question is, I'm a huge Niners fan. I'm stoked about Kyle. Having experienced both conference championship highs of Harbaugh and lows, what are realistic expectations for this team? Uh, realistically, I think, first of all, the team, we've talked about it a little, is more talented. I'm going to pull up their schedule, just why we have it here in front of us, too. Um, I, I don't think, like, 7-9 and nine wow. is crazy. Now, I think they can be anywhere from 5-11 and 11 to 7-9. and nine. Yeah. Maybe even an 8-8 eight and eight if they could steal some games. The key for me is how long is Hoyer healthy? Yes. And can he make the occasional big throw that Kyle's offense asks him to make? I think that's the biggest thing. When I evaluate I Hoyer. Because I Goodwin on my fantasy right. team. I just don't know if he can reach him. Can you consistently dial or can you consistently take advantage of the big plays Kyle will provide for your offense at the quarterback position? Because that was the issue in Cleveland. It, it was. It was even the issue with Matt Ryan the first year in yeah. Atlanta, if you think about it. So, uh, yeah, seven that, and nine is the high. Seven and nine. Low is what four, three. You know, they got the AFC South. Yeah, I, I don't think I think they're good enough to where they they won't be any worse than a four and twelve. I would right, really cool. Be, yeah. The other one is best in full football insight there is from nothing finer than a forty nine. Thank you. Uh, who do you think is a better offensive mind, Kyle or Sean Payton? Ooh, I think right now I would go with Kyle Shanahan. You think it's more creative? I do. I think Kyle, I, both are amazing. We know that. I mean, we're, we're splitting the hairs here. But but I think if I look at the run game and go, who's better there? I'd go, hmm, Kyle's better in the run game. Even though Sean's good in the run game, he doesn't get yeah. enough credit. And then I go in the pass game and I go, ooh, it's really close. I would say the drop back pass game, Sean Payton wins. Play action, bootlegs, Kyle mm. wins. So that's a very close, but I think because of the run game, I would give Kyle the edge. I wasn't expecting to do this, but I have my first out of Lefko field. I literally just went and got my hair cut. In the salon where I get my hair cut, they always have models walking down the runway and they're showing this new fashion. And I realized the best offensive coordinators are much like people in fashion. When you see these outfits, they're fucking ridiculous. You can't take someone's entire offense, but you steal a tidbit and you put that into your style. That's I the like first that. Out of left go field. It's not bad. It's he doesn't even bad. know what he's. Where's your hat? Uh, I, I left my hat at home today. What's he got on his computer right now? Don't Look worry at his about computer. It. What's he got? I got email. It's an email to somebody. Yeah, I got okay. things going on, Chris. Your Royal Highness, focus right now. I'm very focused. Don't worry. Okay. Now let's get into the big topics of the week. Big we topics have a few. of the week. Big <laughs> topics we of the week. Um, Zeke. Zeke. Suspension upheld, six games. What do you think happens with all this? There's still a chance they're going to take it to court. You work with Mike Florio now in Pro Football Talk, so I'm expecting you to have all this lawyer knowledge oh, now. I know. Because um, he knows all oh, that shit. Oh, my gosh. He's amazing with that stuff. Okay. I give credit to Florio. There's a lot of guys that work in sports that used to be lawyers. Clay Travis, Mike Florio. Yeah. And it helps them in situations like this. Yes. But what do you think happens? Uh, do you think I, he plays the whole year? He's definitely playing Sunday. I do. I think he's going to play the whole year. Wow. I, I think that they're going to find But they a, just set a precedence with Tom Brady. Yeah, but Brady set... He, he's going to get the six-game suspension, but it won't be till 2018. That's all I'm saying. That's the Sims... That's my... 
pipeline. That is my that is my yes, exactly right. That would be my statement. And I also think of a Jason Garrett. Uh, I mean, the team itself. If I'm just the Dallas Cowboys. You just never know. They're in a Super Bowl window right now. They have a chance to go to the Super Bowl so and Jerry possibly So Jerry's going to get the most expensive lawyer's money could buy to figure out a way to extend this. And he wants Ezekiel Elliott there in year two in the prime of his career uh, to have a chance to carry his team where you know you don't know. Oh, okay, six-game suspension. We're too far out of it. But Ezekiel Elliott plays. Oh, gosh, right. he blows his knee, and now he's never the same as Ezekiel Elliott. Who knows we what can, We can admit that Zeke kind of looked fat. In that preseason, little chubby, game. certainly. Yes, I, I mean, and like you said, he's got a lot of stuff on his head. He does. That always worries me when guys have things going on off the field. You spend hours in a courtroom waiting to, you know, yes, get the injunction. Yeah, New York in. to Dallas, and New York to Dallas. The whole thing is fucking crazy, though. Can I just say that? The just whole the, thing. the amount of gray area well, in am- terms of having an investigator that did the entire investigation, and then Goodell didn't even talk to that person before executing a ru- ruling. Yes, I, it just it lo- really looks like they just you know. Florio used this today. He's like, "What? What do they? They have to have beyond a reasonable doubt, right, yes. to convict you." And the and, and so they always say it's like fifty-one forty-nine, right, positive to negative. Like this looks like it's like the NFL just goes, "Well, we think you did irreparable harm to the shield. You're suspended. Uh, we're well, not my, even going to give you any rights as a human being. How dare you, human? Think I know that you have rights. we are the players' podcast. The only thing I'm going to say is it's not a court of law. It's no. an employer and yep. their employee. I know and. I think it's a little bit crazy the amount of power Goodell has, but we're not talking about law. Out of left, go field on this. Yeah, You're telling me that Zeke is not going to be allowed to be around the team for six weeks when that suspension happens with the way he currently lives his life? This isn't just a season changer. This could be a career changer slash possible ender if he's not in the right mental yeah. space. Yeah. My first thought is six weeks by yourself in Dallas where you're already getting into some stuff. Chris has always said this about suspensions, that when guys are told they're not allowed to be around the team, that ends up being worse for them than it is to, yeah. Always. I mean, for me, if Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott does get suspended, he needs to to go back to Ohio State. And that's where he, would, he needs to go hang out there, be by Urban Meyer, be a, work out in their weight room. Some form have something, of unit structure, team. people around him to watch him and just go like, yes. hey, man, you're going to be okay. It's gonna, we're going to push through this. You're going to come back better. Martavis Bryant came back better. But do you know what it took? It took him being at rehab and someone in his rehab group dying mm. for it to finally register with him. Yeah. And I don't blame these guys. They're super young. They were raised in a certain area. A lot of things went down. And you know what? A little, some of it's nature, some of it's nurture. Yes. I'm just saying, to expect him to be able to handle that for six weeks by himself in a city where he's a god, it's tough. It's a bad look for the NFL right now. Like, as bad as ever. I think they look way worse right now than Deflategate or anything because they really just look like they made up their mind. Hey, the one person that talked to the accuser and all the people that know the accuser, uh, the true investigator of the process was not there a part of the conversation for how long the defendant should be suspended for? That makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand how they continue to make really simple-seeming errors. Yes. Every year. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Next situation is some developments with Kaepernick and something today that happened with Michael Bennett. Hmm. Tom Uh, Coughlin came out recently and said the Jaguars weren't interested in Kaepernick and then immediately said, no, I'm not going to talk about it. So he's not on the team there because he disrespected the flag. 
a team that desperately needs quarterback help worse than any team in the NFL. Right. Ray Lewis came out and said the reason Kaepernick isn't on the Ravens is because of his girlfriend's social media posts. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was signed, sealed, delivered. Kaepernick, it came out, would have been going to the Ravens, and then Kaepernick's girlfriend posted a picture in which it showed Ray Lewis and Bashadi, the owner, and then under it, a picture, a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio and Samuel X. L. Jackson from Django yeah, right. to symbolize the the representation that a lot of people do in the NFL about slave owners and slaves and how it's this unfair relationship and that's what Kaepernick's fighting against. And then when asked later, Ray Lewis then said, why would you let this guy on your team? And then rescinded because of his girlfriend's social media post. A team that has coaching similarities to what Kaepernick's used to that also desperately needs a backup quarterback with their starter having a back issue today wednesday michael bennett put out a post in which he Wait, revealed, can i talk about that first i'm gonna get okay. let me just finish okay he put out a post hmm. in which he was arrested after the fight between mayweather and mcgregor handcuffed arrested face down yep. and then accused of things that he did not do the cop threatening to blow his effing head off oh i gotta just we gotta arrest the biggest black guy running around throw him on the ground put a guff there's a big black guy running around i heard gunshots we better arrest him he's getting a lawyer and apparently they're looking into this abusive force in it he said that he felt helpless and the real life threat of being killed who is going to watch my kids who is going to kiss my wife all because i'm black no matter what job title you have when you are seen as a blank you will be treated that way and what it made me realize is i heard coughlin say it earlier in the week and ray lewis get offended by a social media post and michael bennett get thrown on the ground here we are talking about all the million reasons of why Kaepernick isn't on a team, but we're still not talking about why Kaepernick took a knee. Black people are treated differently in our country. Mm -hmm. They are not given the benefit of the doubt. They are stripped of civil liberties without explanation. They feel unsafe and they don't feel protected by the people that should be protecting them. We are preventing an athlete from playing football because he's protesting, yet never acknowledging once that his protest is actually correct. That's my point. So do you want to talk about Ray Lewis there, though? Uh because the Michael Bennett shit was shocking. Well, I mean, the Michael Bennett... It's, it's not shocking, It's actually. not shocking. I mean, I, I, how many, I, I have so many stories that could just... And we've gone into them before. I know. I mean, you know, think about this right off the bat, okay? A uh, few years back, you know who got arrested at the NFL Combine? Kyle Shanahan. You know why he got arrested? I didn't know that. He's not going to like that, but you can Google. He might not like it. I'm talking about it again. But regardless, this is what happened. You know what happened in that, that, that incident? There was a fight in the bar. You know who went and broke the fight up? A black man named Raheem Morris, the ex-head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now he's a receiver coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He went to break it up. You know who got arrested? The black man, Raheem Morris. So Kyle went over there and was like, what? He didn't do anything. He was the one breaking the fight up. They threw the the cuffs on Kyle. So there's an instance for you. I mean, I have – I can – I know you do. So I I don't even want to go on that. Then – the but re- I think this Michael Bennett thing, the fact that there was video, a lot of people were questioning if it actually happened because that's apparently the only... And the video's f- out now? Oh, yeah. Good. Getting put down on the ground. You hear him. You hear the pain in his voice. Right. What are you doing? I mean, I can't even imagine. None of us can understand what it's like to be in that situation. No. 
And he said, I can't imagine what it would have been like to have been to hear Rice or one of the people that happened to with the countless amount of cases of police brutality. Right. Talk about Ray, Ray Lewis and what he said on Inside the NFL. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, first of all, I believe Ray, okay? I mean, of course. I, yeah, I don't mean Ray's not telling the story. Just, I just think it's crazy. But, but what part do you think is crazy? Like, what part of that it? They were, that they were ready to sign the guy, that yeah. they had put it out for public perception, and they said that we would be okay with it enough, and then it took one social media post for them from his girlfriend. I know, but that's a big deal to me. It's a big deal. Again, here it is. We're going, shit, we're going, you know, we think this guy's turned the corner. He won't be a distraction. We know we'll have to deal with it a little bit when he gets in the locker room. What? His girlfriend just did what? Oh, fuck. This is never going to end. That's what they said. Oh, this is never going to end. He's going to, she's going to, this is, we're going to be dealing with this week eight, week nine. So it scared them off. I get yeah, it. But Ray Lewis had just gone on all these television networks and talked about how Kaepernick needs to stop this and all that yes, stuff. Yes, but Cap, but apparently he was the one, like Steve Biscotti, Biscotti said, the owner said, Ray Lewis, you know, how can you condemn him? He's the only guy I know that's fighting for Colin mm. Kaepernick behind the scene. He's telling me to sign the guy. So there yeah, I, he was trying to help them listen it's not as plain and cutting and dry as just going oh he should be on a team because he's course. one of the 32 of best quarterbacks you know you got to fit in the right team the right room the right system all that the biggest thing as we've talked about a million times right is the nfl doesn't like threatening backup quarterbacks to yeah. their starters so what starters can handle having a talented backup like kaepernick flacco is probably one yep. the other guy that i look at right away is our man cam who stuck up for him yesterday as well wilson. or russell wilson i don't know if russell can actually i don't know i think russell is confident in his own abilities yeah but like Cam, I just look at. Oh, Cam's the biggest person. Right, he's like remember. you're Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm like the better version of you, so I'm not threatened by you. That, yeah. That's fine. I just I don't. I, my shocking thing was that Ray Lewis had that much power in there. But what you're saying is Ray Lewis was defending him. So I he was he was defending too. him, and I think the owner looks at that and just goes, "Oh shit, this is yeah. just never going to end this crap." So my, my, my and you know what else isn't going to end? Yeah. The way that black people are treated in this country. No, I mean you know it, the more people are ignorant about it and just won't admit it. I mean that that's just unbelievable. You know me. what we haven't done. Thirties, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say that. Do you have some thirties? Uh, right off the bat, Dave Meggett, my dad's yep. third down scat back. Uh, let's see, episode one hundred and thirty. Give me your thirty. So, David Meggett, right? You have one, Alan Corbin. Yeah, safety from Maryland. <laughs> what you got, Sims? <laughs> you know where Meggett's son went to school, right? Maryland. Maryland. Yes, I you did. Heard I call, call him by his name. Number thirty, Royal Highness. That's me. Your Royal Highness. Number thirty is Seth Curry. Thirty. Oh, I did not. I think he is. He is, right? He is. Uh, wait, what other football 30s am I missing? I can only think of old Giants guys right now. Tony Galbraith was 30. You know who Tony Galbraith nope. was? Yeah, he was like the Dave Meggett before Dave Meggett for the Giants. Current running backs. Yes. Todd Gurley. Holy crap. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, Jamal Williams, R Jalen Richard, Corey Clement, and James Kana. Uh, so DBs. Sorry group. Jason McCourty, Mike Minter, Tease Tabor, Anthony Brown, Kevin Johnson, Deron Harmon, and then recently semi-retired Sua Cravens uh, with whatever's going in Washington. He's 30 is 36. I have Sue, I had 30 uh, online. Did he officially retire? It's a very interesting thing. They're putting him on the retired list, which means he has a month to decide. Got it. He's been having a few interesting things. Last year, he had a hit that he told media was so hard he might have to wear sunglasses the rest of his life. He walked that back later. He's having surgery. He texted all the teammates on his team. I don't know if I can do this anymore. The coach came out. Apparently, Bruce Allen like convinced him to like go on this list and not just retire. He's 23. He's thinking about concussions. Not, doesn't sound good. I mean, to me, no. I mean, you know, really, if you're not an NFL player and you're like full, not fully invested, 
you're going to hurt yourself anyway. Yeah. So he probably needs to quit. And you know what I just found funny? My little tidbit. Like, think about Brandon Albert. And this is where, if you're drafted by this regime, we'll, we'll let you do this. Brandon mm. Albert gets traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Doesn't get a contract. Then goes, I'm going to retire. And then he retires. And then he goes, you know what? I will come back. And they go, nah, don't come back. But here's a guy that got drafted by the regime. And they go, oh. I think you're looking at the wrong thing. I, well, one, I one came to Bruce Allen, who's trying to defend his draft pick. The other one is Tom Coughlin, who would never allow anyone to do that. But you might be right. If you go back, like if it was Dave Caldwell, or you, you maybe you're right. Well, I'm not right. I'm just saying it's just an interesting thing that went through my mind. I'm not saying I'm right oh, or yeah. wrong. Because you know I mean? the just, worst thing is, is a second round or third round draft pick that leaves your team. Right. Oh, you look like an idiot. Yeah, well, exactly right. They're going to look like they didn't do their due diligence off the field. He doesn't love football, whatever else. All time, you're right about Dave Meggett, Terrell Davis. Oh, holy shit. Charlie the... Garner, Amon Green, a.k.a. Batman. Charlie Garner. Brian Mitchell, Moel De Moore, Mike Rogier, Nebraska legend. Yeah, yeah. Dan Reeves were 30 when he mm. played. And then DB's Mike Brown, who had that great few years with Chicago. Yep. Charles Godfrey, Dick Geron, another coach worth 30. LaRon Landry, Moisey Tatupu, uh, father of Lofa Tatupu, I believe. And Eagles legend, J.R. Reed, who caught his leg on a fence and ended his career. Uh, Non-NFL non guys, uh, baseball and hockey, Nolan Ryan. Ken Griffey Jr. and Martin Brodeur. Uh, we have an out of Lefko field. We have a new biggest day of the offseason that is not the start of free agency, and it is now roster cut-down day. Roster? Roster, roster cut-down cut day out of Lefko field is the new start of free agency. <laughs> In the previous five cut-down periods, there have only been about 10 trades per year. This year there were 25, mainly I think because that 75 cut-down was, was removed, and everybody was trying to get value for their pieces. Yes. Uh, I have an iTunes comment to take us into one of the bigger moves on the weekend. Uh, G2019 exclamation point. Best football minds. I love you guys. Sims and Lefko, I love the trade for Sheldon Richardson to the Seahawks. I'm a Seahawks fan. What do you think his impact is? Um, oh, I mean... They're look. It's like the New England way of where we go. Like they collect like five Edelmans. They're like trying to collect an extra Michael Bennett. That's how I looked at it. Like you know, if Michael Bennett gets hurt, oh, we got another one to replace him. Um, their defense is shaping into the form of the 2013 championship team. Just as far as up front, the depth. Like we're going to go. Wow. Like their second four are better than most teams' first four. That's, yeah. Um, so it's going to be scary from that standpoint. Uh, they need those type of pass rushers constantly. They're a team that's built on energy and hustling. And if you look at some of the games they've lost late in playoffs, whether it be the Super Bowl to Brady, anything like that, they they lose steam in the pass rush in the fourth quarter of those type of intense football games. Richardson's a difference maker. Yep. Plus, he's going what is the last year of his contract. Oh, he's that's going to set up for him to be there so for a long. Motivated yes. to be in a winning locker room. Yes, they put too much pressure on Cliff Averill to get sacks these last two years. Yes, they lost the Bruce Irvins. They lost all the edge guys. Cliff is a really good guy getting after the quarterback. But he's not a Vaughn. You know no, what I mean? He's no. not one of these guys. He's really good. And Sheldon Richardson will take a lot of pressure Cliff, off. I mean, of course, 10-plus sacks. Clark. Fine Clark had 10-plus sacks yeah. last year. People forget about that. And then you go Bennett, Sheldon Richardson. They got the kid Jerron Reed there. Uh, and and um, I'm missing one other player, but I can't think of his name right now. But I know they traded Curtis Marsh to the— Cassius Marsh, yeah. Cassius Marsh. Uh, Michael Bennett already coined a nickname for the group, Death Row. And he put all their faces in the old Death Row Records like circle. Are they going to go like? Are they going to go like? Fuck the police now too? Like, uh, 
That would be we were, we're like more like <laughs> fuck, idea, the, fuck the league. Yeah. Well, that's what they did, Death Row, right? I mean. uh, second one, uh, simple question: Why did the Broncos cut T.J. Ward? I really have no answer for you. I don't get it. I feel like there's maybe something more to the story that we don't realize. Hey, T.J. Ward, uh, he's from everything I know was the leader of the defense in a lot of ways. Was looked up to. He was kind of the rallier of the guys off the field, too. That's where my mind went. I think I texted that to you. I just wondered if they felt like maybe he was a bad influence on players off the field. But I don't really get it from the standpoint of on the field. I know they have the Parks kid. I know they have Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons, Will Parks, yep. yep but and I just, this rookie named Jamal Carter. Right. I, I just don't look at, at, um, at Simmons as being a guy that's quite as talented as Ward. He would scare me because he's got a very frail body in general. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. I don't have a direct answer for you. In terms of off the Great field. Great signing by Tampa, though. Yeah, exactly. In terms of off the field, Simmons, Parks, and Carter all came forward and said they owe their success to T.J. Ward that he taught them, so he's not too much of a distraction. No. In terms of why it could have happened, last week... Vance Joseph said, he's one of our better players. I would be surprised if he was on the trade block. I haven't heard that. This week, Vance said it was a football decision and not contract related. Yeah, he's not one of your better players, and then you're cutting him because of football stuff the next week. Word came out later and said it was completely unprofessional. I got into it up and back with our friend Mike Lombardi, right. who said that Elway doesn't want to spend the $4 million dollars. What do you mean you don't want to spend the four million dollars? Who cares about your money at this point of the season? I, I what, do you, what do you got? What do you got? Like you owe people money? Well, I think sometimes too. What we all forget is that sometimes NFL owners, your Royal Highness, can understand this now because he's Johnny Spreadsheet and he yep. works with all the big wigs in the office. I don't know about that. Well, but regardless, they they set a budget sometimes, right? The owner goes, "No, I only want our team to spend this much money this year." That's crazy. I know, but it happens. And sometimes Robert they Robert Kraft would spend anything. Oh, maybe and, and but Jerry never... Jones would spend anything. Yes. Why are they setting a budget? It's insane. I just know that's what they do at times. Jerry but Jones, the valuation because of the Because at the Cowboys. bottom of the line, they want to make sure they get a certain amount of cash flow that they can get. So, so are we trying to win Super Bowls? This. Yeah, time out. The, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones' valuation of the team since he bought it has gone up 2,900%. Yeah. Why? Because of those Super Bowls. If the Broncos win another Super Bowl, like the Warriors, your value goes up. What do you care about with your, your budget? Because they're 32 greedy motherfuckers who just want more, 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 more. They don't care. What is $4 million to a billionaire? Uh, who knows? It, it, apparently, it must mean a lot. Well, I mean, what is $50 Shit. million dollars to it? Make the salary cap $200 million. I, mean, I, can't sure. even, I can't even fathom that. That's like hard to accept that a football yeah. team would would not go for a Super Bowl over $4 million. Well, if they feel like maybe that they're not losing that much in the play. Yeah. The only thing I'll say to that football-wise, I read an article. Justin Simmons will be in the base. Will Parks will be situational. Guess what? T.J. Ward did all of that. I know. He was the reason you were successful because he didn't have to come off the field. Mm-hmm. He could guard Gronk on running plays or pass plays. And now they know more you're going to want to substitute I know. against the Patriots. Well, yeah, that won't even be able to happen. Good luck. That's a good uh, quote from Chris. But, 32 greedy motherfuckers. I like that. Yeah, like put that, that on there. Put that on uh, there. Last one that I think was a big holy crap moment was the Patriots trading Jacoby Brissett to the Colts for Philip Dorsett. Yeah. And the thing that I wanted to ask you, we're yes. going to do a new segment throughout the year I'd like to do called self-scouting. Right. Where when we say something right. and we're wrong or something happens, I want to be one of the few people that are able to question why we said something. Sure. A lot of people tweeted us and said, I thought Sim said Jacoby Brissett was the guy. Yeah. 
Clearly not. Nope. What, what did you hear later? Um, okay, so I've been privy to this kind of information uh, maybe for about 10 days now, right? Uh, yeah, leading into the end of the last season, that's what I was led to believe. I'm not there at practice every day. I'm right. going by what friends are telling me up there, whatever else. Uh, yes, I was led to believe that basically that – they didn't think he can handle the offense up to their capabilities. Okay. That was really the biggest thing. And that was like through the offseason. That was through the offseason, the extended reps in preseason, training camp, everything. That, yes, he was not capable of running the offense to the standard that they had set, right? And that was a big issue with them. And that, yeah, he was probably – he was going to get cut. I mean, he was – Wow. Yeah, he was going to get cut. Everything I know, he was going to get cut by the Is New England Garoppolo Patriots. definitely the guy? I don't know about that either. I mean, I know wow, they the like Patriots Jimmy Garoppolo. Are but so crazy. I know. It's I know awesome. they are. I mean, Garoppolo is a free agent after this year. What are I they going to do? I mean, well, we'll talk about that yeah. when we have to. But uh, so, Philip yes. set. are they going to be able to use him? Do you they'll, think? Do you they'll think? find a way. I wouldn't be also shocked if like they got Philip Dorsett and cut him in Week Six because they're not they're not happy with the way they use him. But they're going to give it a fly because they yeah. probably graded him well coming yeah, out of the draft. First round pick. They know he's still really fast, and then they're going to do their evaluation first. You think Jacoby could be something big for the Colts? I do think. Uh, listen, I like Jacoby's talent. I think he's a really good thrower of the football. You liked him at NC State. I did, and um, the Colts. Yes, I mean if he was on even playing field with Tolson from the start, he would be starting over Tolson gotcha. right now. Yeah. Hey, it takes. It's a special guy. Like, we always talk about special physical abilities, okay? There, we do have to talk about them. Like, just because you don't have special mental abilities doesn't mean you're like a bad player or a dumb person. But there are guys that are better in that department. I'm sorry, like Peyton Manning was mentally smarter than Brett Favre. It doesn't mean Brett Favre's stupid or right. anything like that. I but worry, that was his strength. I worry that they're going to be really spoiled with Brady's ability to like recall plays and look for that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they are spoiled. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Brady is a really smart guy. Period. Yeah. He understands that offense of course being in it for 17 years like no other and I think if you look at the really great quarterbacks in the league like Aaron Rodgers is really freaking smart really right? smart yes I mean Russell Wilson I think is pretty freaking smart yeah you could just tell Andrew Luck exactly right so they're kind of like nerds to a degree in that right. way the other big quarterback news in this time was Brock Osweiler back on the Broncos he had the quote where he said I'd come back here to be the water boy after all that ridiculousness and what I realized is I think Brock Eisweiler has had the weirdest career arc I've ever seen. Uh, Vance Joseph commented on him and asked how he looked. He said, he looked fine, he looked tall, which I think if Brock Eisweiler had a documentary, it would be called He Looked Tall. That's what it was, because that's all people say about him. But if you think about it, when he got cut... ESPN used a really weird font that looked like a very bad word. Uh, I'll show it to you later, but check out that ESPN font. Um, remember, there, there was the time where Peyton Manning, he was supposed to come in for Peyton Manning, and Peyton wouldn't let him come into the game. He sat for a few years. Yep. He had that weird vampire interview once he left for Houston. Right. He got a $72 million contract completely blind, right. having not met anybody. Uh, he $38 was million guaranteed. $30 million guaranteed uh, that Denver wanted to match but they couldn't afford even though he ended up being nothing he was then tra given up for a second round pick in an NBA trade 
the Cleveland Browns made a Brocktober music video featuring him throwing checkdown passes, which was and handing the ball off. His teammates and coaches hated him in Houston. He had the one Patriots game in which it was absolutely insane, where we all looked at each other and went, "Wow, this guy could be a franchise quarterback." He was beat out by a rookie. Then the Broncos wanted him back. Yeah. I mean, what a weird freaking career! It is a weird career. Yes, let me see this thing. I'm gonna uh, show us to Chris. Okay, it says cut Brock Osweiler. Don't say the word. Just look oh, at the letters. Oh, you're right. I got yeah. it. It looks I can't like say it's that four word. letters yeah. that it's a, the it's you a female is very weird. sexual thing. Do you, have, do you have something you want to say or can I ask you a question about this? Uh, but yeah, 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 you can ask me a question. I mean, the Brock Osweiler thing j- just in general. I mean, he is the... <sighs> He's a politician. That's what I just look at Brock Osweiler. Mm. I mean, what did he say? I mean, this is one of the five greatest days of my life to be back here. I would have came back here and be a water body. He's always got all the right things to say. Yeah. And I think that's what wears people are like. Denver didn't like him when he was walking out the door to go to Houston. Houston didn't like him, so they shipped him off there. So maybe there's an issue with Brock Osweiler. So a player like Brock Osweiler goes through everything that Lefko just explained. He's basically been turned into like a caricature in the NFL he where is. he's just a punching bag for everybody in the league, fans, all that. When he returns to Denver, a place that he was accepted originally, is he reaccepted right away, or is he after going through all of that, the players like think he's a joke at this point? Yeah, too. no, there'll, there'll be a certain group that's just going to accept him, and they're like, "Oh, I like Brock; he was a nice guy, or whatever." But there's going to be definitely a faction in the locker room, some snickering. Like, yeah, they're going to be like, "Fuck that guy! Like, get the fuck out of here!" They're, they're, they let do; they're not going to like start fights with him or pick on him like right. it's seventh grade again. Yeah, but they're going to yeah go home to their friends or other teammates on the team. Like, we Man. applauded Elway for moving on from Tebow and. Peyton Manning the way he did. He just can't quit Brock. I, he loves him. I get it in this case. I mean, you, you got Paxson Lynch who's out for five to six weeks. So they wanted somebody, I guess, that they felt like could at least come in and have a little experience. And Yeah, they must be really down on Paxton. Well, and and uh, I mean, he he messed up his shoulder. You know, yeah, you know, you see how he fell on that in Game Three. He had like the Chad Pennington fall, where Ooh. like his his arm got jammed back into him. So I think he and that's has so some damage back, back here. Right. All right. I made a list of all the other transactions that happened that day, and I oh, made awesome. you a copy. I'm just curious of all of these. Are any of them playoff impacting, Super Bowl impacting ones that kind of catch your attention? Everything from the Steelers getting J.J. Wilcox. I like that, first of all. The Steelers needed an extra guy. Like, J.J. Wilcox can be that Dayon Buchanan in the safety linebacker type guy on third and five. So they they needed that on their roster. The Steelers went ahead and traded Ross Cockrell to the Giants. Yes, I was surprised by that. The Giants... uh, I guess they're just looking for a little extra depth. Why not? Uh, I don't know why Pittsburgh would let him go. I want to see who they think is going to actually fill that role there. Any other of these interesting? Uh, to you? Yeah, hold on. There was another one that I did like. Oh, I, I really. This is the one that got lost in the shuffle to me. First of all, the the Seahawks getting Justin Coleman. Justin Coleman's a good little player. He's going to help out the from secondary the Patriots. from the Patriots. That who was, was the originally, Cassius Marsh trade, right? He was originally in Seattle too. Uh, I was not surprised by Chris Johnson. I hate to see him go, CJ Two K, because he was. My my boy down there in Tennessee, but he's been hit out. That's what I. That's what the phrase that you and my friends call us sometimes. He's he's like he's punch drunk. Like mm. been hit too many times. Like every time he got hit, he fumbled, and that just tells me his body's not willing to take the hits. I didn't think the Seahawks would cut Case and Williams. 
Oh, There's, that was a shock. That was a shock because he had a phenomenal preseason, had one game that was Richard of, Sherman was tweeting angrily, what the hell is this? He deserves to be on this team. I don't really get it either. I think that I read that they thought he was going to make it to the practice squad, but like five teams put in yeah, claims for no him way because he was, was dude, he was jumping over people. He's 6'3", 220, and jump, exactly right. So that's Seahawks consistently give away tall receiving options for Russell uh, And then the Panthers show you that they're still concerned about their secondary, and they get like a backup corner, K. Kevin Seymour. Kevin Seymour, yeah. yeah. Who I like coming out of USC. I do think he's got a little talent. Um, but those are the ones that jump out. I'm surprised out to too the Seahawks traded your guy Tremaine Brock. I guess to the Vikings. I guess once they got Justin Coleman, they felt like he's a better fit for what they want to do. The only other thing I want to mention is the Cardinals signing punter Andy Lee, who's been a pro bowler, and getting Alex Boone for offensive lineman. I'm just I'm liking what the Cardinals are doing. Yeah, I hear you. And Rashid Hageman quietly being cut for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. The only thing worse than domestic violence is teams pushing it under the rug, and we never learn about how these guys really are off the field. Yeah. Uh, some injuries. It's official. ACL epidemic. The first half is closed. We are getting ready for the first week of the, of the NFL season, and the number is in. The total amount of ACL injuries in honor of the podcast preseason. <laughs> 30. That's the number of the podcast. You're right. The most since 2013 in wow. the last four or five years where they had 31. The last big name was Cyrus Jones mm. going down for the Patriots. But yet 30 ACL. So a little bit above what we've been seeing. But the ACL epidemic Gosh. strikes again. Uh, other interesting injuries to take note of. Tamba Ali will start off on the pup. Teddy Bridgewater's in the pup could come back. Good Just something to keep your eye on. Keep fighting. Willie Sneed suspended three games for substance abuse. Yeah. That stinks for them because he's really good. I don't think I don't think everybody really realizes on a national scale how good Willie Sneed is. That's why I mean they thought yeah. Brandon Cooks was a little bit expendable from that standpoint. John Ross should be out until week three. Steven Nelson, the Chiefs, put on the IR, and he's a good cornerback. He is. Uh, Obi Melanfamu put on the IR for at least eight games, and you were saying that, man, they need him to play man, this year. Yeah, in preseason game three, he looked good. I looked for him, in, or maybe it was two he looked good. I can't remember which one it was. But then I remember the next week going to watch the film and going, damn, where is he? What's going on? I hate That's what I hate about the preseason is you don't get an injury report. No. So you don't know what's really going on, who's playing, what's wrong with Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle of the, the, the Ravens. He hasn't played all preseason. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, that's the problem is then we pick games. And but then today, it comes out Saturday. They're like, by the way, Ronnie Stanley's out, and you're like, wait, what? When does the pra- when does the injury? They should come be out? coming out now, right now, right? Four yeah. o'clock Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, but like we don't really know until Saturday. No. And then the only other one is Andrew Luck is definitely out week one. Yeah. And I've been trying to tell people, the man hasn't thrown a football this off season, mm-hmm. and people are shocked. Yeah. Yeah, he's only thrown tennis balls. I I read that the, the former San Diego medical uh, head uh, has been saying that he won't be back. His prediction is he won't be back until week four, right. but he won't be a hundred percent until weeks eight or nine. Yeah, I would think so. At least uh, I just somebody that's I, I've dealt with a little shoulder injuries before in my life. Yeah, you can get it done for at the start, but it just never feels right until a significant amount of time goes by. Uh, I man, yeah, that's they're screwed. They are not the worst team in football. Like. 
the 53-man roster, but their quarterback situation yeah. with being an average team makes them, I think, my number 32 team in the uh, power rankings. Speaking of the injury reports, uh, like I've always said, I follow all the NFL teams on the Bleacher Report app. Go and download it. Check it out. Um, right now, you can see I'm getting a ton of bubbles. Uh, Miles Garrett, not able to finish today's practice with an ankle, ankle. injury. I saw it. I was going to show it to you. But I, you know, check out the Bleacher Report app. Subscribe to your favorite teams. And so every time something happens, you a foot injury, it. right? What was the original injury? Can you look that up just a few weeks ago when training camp was at foot? This is, the, this is my issue. This is why we see this in the NFL. It drives me freaking crazy. I mean, it, it, problems are never fixed. They're always just masked. Yes. We're years and years behind. Ice it. Heat it up. Yeah. Ice it. Heat it up. Stim. Electric stim. Yeah. Ice it. Heat it up. Stim. Hey, be here tomorrow at 4.30 in the morning because we're going to ice you. Heat it up and stim. Oh, hey, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to get a towel and squinch it on the ground with your feet. That'll oh, get your I've ankle done that better. Before. Right, yeah. It feels mean, nice. Yeah. Was it the, the foot, foot though? It was foot. It was foot. Uh, at the end of OTAs, he was wearing a walking boot, and then he actually, I'm reading, a fan asked him about his injury on Twitter, and he tweeted out a video of himself doing leg presses to show that he was okay. I remember that, right. Uh, but then on the last update was July 26th that he was ready to go. So there's camp. a deficiency in his lower leg that's not working right, and they got to figure it out. There's a muscle or something that's not... Yeah. Pulling its workload. We're waiting to see if Odell can play in week one. It's looking like Texans offensive tackle Dwayne Brown is going to miss week one as well. Still yep. not the facility. Aaron Donald looking like he still might miss week one. He is He's approaching $300,000 in fines. But don't worry, he's set to make less than five punters this year. <laughs> so maybe he needs the money. What's he set to make? Like 1.8? Like somewhere in there? Less than 3.2 or oh, around 3.2. Gotcha. Uh, Janikowski and the Raiders are in a little money battle. Mm-hmm. I just don't see Seabass buckling to that at all. No, he doesn't care. If you've ever been around him or seen the guy, trust me, he's, he's barely worried when he has a 60 yarder for the game winner. He's like, oh, the 60 yards? Okay, I'm going to try to kill this ball. Yeah, meanwhile, they're going to bring in Mike Nugent maybe to battle. I don't know. Uh, and then the last one in terms of money, DeAndre Hopkins just became the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. 81 years over, 81 million over five years, but the guarantee is $49 million guaranteed. I bring this up to you, and you immediately go to Odell. Well, of course I do. It's not higher than Antonio Brown, though, is it? Antonio Brown, I think, is average no, 18 I think it might year. be the most guaranteed money given okay. to a wide well, receiver. There we go. Uh, first of all, you know how I feel about DeAndre Hopkins. Good receiver, but not elite. He's not one of the top 10 receivers in football, and we can go through the names if you want to. I will submit your questions on iTunes with a five-star review. Ooh. Uh, I like that. Hey. Uh, but it just, again, proves our point. I mean, if he's worth 16.8 a year, then Odell's worth 20. At least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, again, and Odell, please take your time recovering. Please. Just wait till you're 100%. Don't come back. They don't give a damn about you. You wait till you're ready and feeling good. I'm sorry, Gabe. Gabe's back there. Look, he's scratching his head. Why did, why did the Texans give him so much money? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, he, listen, they drafted him, so I understand that. That's Rick Smith, mm-hmm. the GM. That's mm-hmm. his guy. Yep. He's done well. He has so done well. He hasn't had good quarterbacks around him, so no, I give him right. the benefit of that. I believe he's had nine quarterbacks uh, at this point. But in let's his just career. let's just like nail him off, like real quick. We could do it. I mean, okay, he's not as good as Odell. We know that. Odell, about Julio, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Jordy Nelson, AJ Green, right? Um, Des Bryant, Des Bryant. Where would you put like you know? Then you get into like Amari Mike Cooper. Evans. I already said Mike. Oh, you Evans. said that? okay. I'm literally going through fantasy right now. Um, I mean, Doug Baldwin. I don't yeah. know. It's close. Martavis Bryant, he's he's right around nine or ten. 
He really is. You think he's right around nine or ten? I 10? think he's he's in that. There's a like I think there's a clear seven or eight. I mean, is he better than Brandon Cooks? Oof. No, I would take Brandon Cooks. Demarius Thomas. Mm, I would take Demarius as well. I would. I'm just sorry. I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything. We, Keenan Allen. You said Amari Cooper. Do you guys I, want to look at the cap hit I would, rankings? I would take. I would take. Uh, oh, there you go. Gosh, look at that. Yes, who's a bigger hit. And then you have Dez Bryant. So it's DeAndre Hopkins one in terms of cat hit, cap hit, then Dez, then Larry, then Tavon Austin, then Julio Jones. That's crazy. You, you have down. Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, and Tavon Austin in the top three. Yeah. That's all I needed to see. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I don't think he's as good as either Denver receiver. Emmanuel yeah. or Demarius. Yeah, they just don't have as... Not as good as Tyree Kill. I mean, yeah, I, to me, I think he's outside the top 10, but good for him. He's still a good player. I know yeah, we, oh, we, we want guys to get paid. We crap on him a little too much, probably. Though. All right, self-scouting. Yeah. We, we shit on him. Yeah. We should have the all... We hit, we, we're too it hard It falls on into the team. Drew Brees category, though. They get too much credit sometimes, so it drives me crazy. Like, I just go, damn, no, you're not. You're, you're way overvaluing the mm. player. Uh, speaking of, of, of Houston, that's how we're going to get into our out of level. Go Field segment where I bring you weird things that I've thought about and I've researched. Uh, I'm curious about the Harvey impact on the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I looked at how do the natural disasters or anything that could take away time from a team maybe impact them. This is not scientific. I just went and thought about it. Um, because isn't real. I went on and I started seeing all these stories of Houston Texans in the community helping people, helping their own teammates. And I went, look, I I know this is amazing what they're doing, but I'm also curious. They're not studying film. They're yeah. not on the practice field. Yes. But again, th what they're doing is more important in the grand scheme. The Saints went three and thirteen after Katrina. They had no home games. Yeah, they will have home games in Houston. Yeah, I also looked up September 11th. I gave them two of those losses. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, September 11th, <laughs> the Giants had gone 12 and four the year before. They went seven and nine after that, mm. just dealing with all that stuff. I was just curious after things that were quote unquote team Disastrous distractions, or whatever. How did that happen? Another thing I went and looked up. Okay, so the Dolphins Bucks game mm -hmm. is being postponed to their uh, Week Eleven bye. That's a good combo, actually. I mean, I, I would like to pick your brain on this, actually. But go ahead, finish your. So their game is being pushed to Week Eleven. Yeah. So now they're off this week. Yeah. And then their season starts too, and then they have no buys for Week Sixteen. Yeah. Chris Baker of the Bucks came out and said, "You're worried about player safety, and we're not going to have a buy." Yeah. Uh, after I went and looked back, 1992. Hurricane Andrew, hmm. Miami again. Right. The Pats and Dolphins was supposed to be week one, pushed back to week seven during their bye. Now the Patriots went into that game 0-6. After that game, they were 2-8. and The Dolphins went into that bye really smoking, and they went 5-5 five and five after that. I think they were 6-0 and wow. into that one. So combined, after that, when they were supposed to have a bye, they finished 7-13 and combined. But this has happened before where a first game of the year was pushed back. It's just, what is that, 25 years? Yeah. Or 15? No, 25 years yeah. that it's happened. Uh, what is your take on, on that situation? Uh, That's I've tried to put myself in all shoes. It stinks for both teams. It does. Because you've been cheated out of your bye week now, right? And for the Dolphins, they're losing a home game. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, they well, no, would have lost it. it. That, they're gonna, that, that was my issue, though. That's why I would say, if I'm the Dolphins quarterback, if I'm Jay Cutler... 
I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want this game this week played. First of all, you got people on your team. Like just what you talked about, Houston. They're worried about boarding up their houses, getting family out. So that is a distraction for the Miami yeah. Dolphins. So that's a little unfair that standpoint. Also, I if I'm the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins and I'm going, damn, we have a playoff caliber team. I don't want to lose one of our games, our home games, to a team that's a 50-50 game against the Bucks, and have to go play in, in New Orleans Pittsburgh. with nobody there in the stands. takes away your home, home field advantage. Mm. So I think as a competitor, I would want it this way. That's my dad's era. They didn't always have bye weeks, so they can do it, these guys. I know yeah. it's not ideal, and we're all talking like – Bye weeks are always a good thing. I mean, the only person I know that bye weeks are a good thing Andy for Reed. exactly right. Everybody else fucking sucks after them. They so really do. They do. It's they, one of the big misconceptions that by, a lot of teams lose at their bye yes, weeks. Yes, it gets sloppy. You you lose your attention to detail. Some of the techniques that you were really tuned in on. Plus, it's really good for the coaches to go. They don't want us to succeed. They're not giving us a bye week. I'll tell you what I feel bad for a little in this too. Is the teams they both have to play in week two because they get like an extra two weeks. They to get prepare well, for they them. get an extra few days here to prepare for the, like the Miami's playing the Chargers in week two, and then the Chargers got no film to watch of week one of uh, Miami, so they got nothing. They just got preseason football to prepare for. Something interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, another out of Lefko Field. Philip Rivers is about to have the best season of his career, and here's why. Everyone's seen the pictures by now. Philip Rivers bought a $200,000 vehicle where he has practically a movie theater in a vehicle. It's it's a vehicle that is typically used for very wealthy CEOs that want to have a mobile office. Philip Rivers has two leather seats where he was traveling with Kellen Clemens and watching film. That's not the reason why he's going to have the best year of his career. Okay. The say. best year of his career, though, <laughs> is related to that. Okay. He is going to be able to watch three hours of film in that car. Yeah. Could he watch film at home? Sure. But let me ask you something. How much film do you think Philip Rivers watches with nine kids? I, he is getting three hours to himself every day right. with no kids. Well, yes. but, but he, even That's if, why Philip Rivers <laughs> is going to be more prepared and more ready than ever because it's not going to be, hey, Dad, look at this. Hey, Dad, look at this. But hey, he Dad, was never doing it with his kids. How do you know? Well, I don't, I don't think I don't he was. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was. I mean, most quarterbacks, you you stay late. You're the last guy in the building. You do your work, and when you're done, you go home and see the kids. I'm not like I never put on film at home. Well, now never. he's still going to be at work, right? And then he's going to have an hour and a half with no kids. Right. He's going to be more mentally prepared. He's going to be more calm. Some of those kids are probably going to be sleeping by the time he That's gets true. home. That's true. Yes. Hey, he's a pro. We know that. I'm so just saying he's he has, be ready. He has decompression ideation time. They're one of those teams you you got to definitely put a little mark next to. I'm really interested there. There could be a team that could go in the playoffs and win playoff games, and they can go. They can be a team that goes 7-9. and nine. Dan Fouts came out and said it's a crime they have to play in that stadium. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a crime or a benefit? No, I don't think it's a crime. I, I do think it's going to be a benefit, actually. I think they're going to realize, like, oh, wow. I, I think other teams will be unmotivated by the scene there when they get there. They'll be like, oh, man, this is not that cool. And San Diego's going to be like, well, we've been here already. Whatever, that's over. We're going to kick your ass. Uh, out of Lefko Field, out of Lefko Field, I was listening to some music the other day and I was listening to Swizz Beats versus Timbaland. Right. And I began to realize that I had been listening to music wrong my entire life. My entire life I've listened to the artist. I realized this when I watched the HBO documentary um, with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. 
I've been listening to music for the artist when my whole life I should have been listening to the producer. Mm -hmm. Right now we're in this era of music, especially in hip hop, where the producers are getting a lot of credit. DJ Khaled, like those kind of guys, right? Mike Will made it. All these guys that you actually know the name, they're the ones creating the music. Yeah. What's the the Euro trash guy over there, David Guetta or whatever? He's like the same thing. So it's the producers that are the real real musicians. And I'm trying to do that now with music where I look back and there's the great song Common, The Light. I love that beat. And I was like, this beat's amazing. And then I found out that Kanye produced it. And I went, I would have known about Kanye so much longer. You know, remember the song Rump Shaker? Yeah. So all I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom. You know who one of the producers was on that? Pharrell. Wow. Back in like 92. Yeah. I was listening to music wrong. You know who the producers are for NFL teams? Offensive coordinators. We, 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 we never give credit to these guys no. when they're really young, and we never focus on this stuff. And I just realized that the offensive coordinators and those other assistant GMs, mm-hmm. they're the producers. They're the ones that make these teams go. And I just think that I'm, I'm going to start looking at it differently. I just realized they're a lot like the producers with music. Yes. A lot of the head coaches... The game planning is not like no. going through them. There's only a few head coaches that are actually doing like a part of the everyday game planning. Most head coaches are just putting their two cents in, both sides of the ball, things they've noticed. Oh, don't do that. Let's take this out of the game plan, put that in. But they're not sitting in the office no. for like eight hours devising the game plan. The only other out of left field I had was uh, it was a big news story that Adrian Peterson says that he wants to stick it to his former team, the Vikings. Dear news people. It's not a news story if someone says what you think they're going to say. If Adrian Peterson says, you know what? I'd be okay if we lost to the Vikings. I still like them. That's a news story. <laughs> the Adelefco field aspect is, Adrian Peterson, I would refrain from you saying that you want to stick it to anybody. You and Sticks don't have a great history. Yes, they don't. And, I mean... I don't know. I mean, we know you want to win and kick butt and beat your old team and beat your old friends and all that. Yes, but Minnesota treated you great, so let's not forget about that. I mean, they they let you do whatever you want. And Adrian Peterson gets health advice from YouTube. He's not that intelligent. Well, no, okay, maybe not. He's certainly not, but shit, he can run that ball. But him and Ingram are listed as co-starters, right? Uh, and I just think that's funny, too, because I really think, and maybe I'm wrong, and everybody can make fun of me. After Sims' bold prediction. I just think when it's all said and done, Alvin Kamara is going to be the number one guy there. I know a lot of people that, that listen to this podcast that are drafting him in rounds 14 and 15. Okay, good. Yeah. I think, I, look, because of you, I yeah. drafted Marquise Goodwin in 14 or 15. <laughs> okay. Fantasy guess, expert. Yeah, he's going to be the, yeah. the Mike Travis the Kyle Benjamin right. over the top. Right. All right, I'm ready for iTunes comments. I think we're going to good comments. Time. Yeah. We do this on the show now? Oh, your Royal okay. Highness, up your butt. Uh, Make sure you stick around. We have an interview with Von Miller coming up at the end of this podcast. Sims and I didn't like it. Fendrick listened to it and thought it was actually pretty good. I guess he said it played back and it listened better. I hate when companies call us from the cell phone. Yes, but Old Spice hooked us up with a Von Miller interview. We talked about whoa, big offseason and the crazy workout. We talked about the contract situations right now with Odell and uh, Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald, he was super honest about it. And we talked about what it was like to losing TJ Ward. All yeah. that coming up after iTunes comments, so stick around for that. All right, let's get to some first the compliments, because who doesn't love compliments? First one up, Big Glee 75, excellent podcast. Excellent job, men. Your podcast is a must-listen during my commute. 
please continue your work. Not only are we continuing, we're going to do three podcasts a week. We're going to make you hate us. Future OG <laughs> Leaguer, best sports podcast. Me and my friends are probably the worst people in the world. Honestly, no joke is too soon for us. That kind of humor. So listening to a podcast where it feels like I'm talking to my buddies in the garage is awesome. I feel like I'm at home. Sims, keep up the good analytic work. And Lefko, keep working that host swag. And I'm out. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, Thank Future you. OG. Good to know that we are the worst people in the world that are way too soon. And no joke. Yeah. What's he saying? We keep it real. Dude Bro 34, 105 stars. Sims Lefko, the ultimate white boy supreme. Who, who? Day one fan. Sims football insight is amazing. Makes me think about the game differently. Lefko holds it down the other side and has super, superb knowledge and theories. By the way, a big fuck you to CBS for getting rid of Phil Sims. I grew up listening to his voice since I can remember Phil Sims is the GOAT. Go, go, go. Screw you, CBS. Oh, Put that on a car. I don't got to wear that damn jacket anymore. See, that is why I need audio drops. Steinmetz, <laughs> we need to get audio drops that just drop. Fuck you, CBS, randomly. All right, we have a few running back uh, comments. Big fish for you. Ayo, hey, Scotty. Le- love you guys. Do you think Joe Mixon will lead all rookies in rushing yards? Also, shout out to my boy Diesel playing college ball at McKendree University. He's probably a guy we're not giving enough talk we haven't talked Joe about Mixon? him yeah because he's looked pretty phenomenal in the preseason i know some people who know some people out there too i mean they they, they think the kid's a freak show so then why is jeremy hill still a starter i don't know who gives a shit i mean they don't ever change the starting thing anytime anytime That's sometimes true. i look at who the starting right guard is and i start the game and i go oh who is that and i go but well, that's not even the right guy on this starting Bigger depth chart year, martavis bryan or joe mixon joe mixon shit i gotta make that trade then yeah someone just offered me <laughs> a trade then uh, all right, another running back one. This is from Callie Fournette Cation. Yes, love the podcast. Great insight. Stoked to be to hear the show three times a week. Question: Do the Ravens try and draft a running back next year, or is Kenneth Dixon worth the wait? No, they probably need to revisit the running back situation in general. They need to find a guy that's a little bit of a difference maker, right? I feel like they have too many of the same guy. I mean, mm. it's it's Javaris Allen, it's Tra- uh, it's Terrence, uh, West. Terrence West. Yes, well, it, they have Danny Woodhead. Danny is the one guy. You're right, and you I think forgot. he's gonna have a big year. Uh, I do think he's gonna play a big role. But I just hope he can stay healthy. Too. I mean, he's getting to the he's the size and getting to that age where. You know, you, you, you can get hurt a lot. All right, last one. This is from Carl. There's so many L's. Just can't get enough. Started listening because I need a sports fix. Now I listen to everything under the sun. Love the chemistry. Survivor Boy needs to quit going to all those meetings and stick around. Yeah, your Sim, highness. Sims, meetings are over. Sims lefty point of view is refreshing. Adam orchestrates the best podcast in the biz. Keep it up. Uh, I deploy this weekend. I downloaded all your old episodes. I deployed this weekend. Shit, Carl. Thank you for your service. Service, bro, appreciate that. Quick question: If you were going to build the perfect running back, what attributes would you take from all current NFL running backs? Ogie, hold on, let me pull up my list. <laughs> I am going to do Ezekiel Elliott's change of. Di- I'm going to do Ezekiel Elliott's top speed. I'm going to do David Johnson's hands. I'm going to do Le'Veon Bell's patience. I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to do Le'Veon. I mean, I'm going to. I'm going to do Ezekiel Elliott's. Yes, legs, power, straight ahead. I'm going to do Lashawn McCoy's. Oh, stop quickness, with dime. right? Yeah, quickness. And be able to change direction. Uh, I am going to do Le'Veon Bell's hands. Oh, oh, where's gosh, David Johnson? You're right. Fucking David Johnson. Damn it. I'm gonna. I think I Le'Veon might have better hands than David. Johnson. I think he does too. But damn, it's hard that we're leaving David Johnson out of this mix. Um, 
Well, David Johnson is obviously very smart as well to be able to play in that offense and all the different things I'd he like does. I like Marshawn Lynch's mentality. Mm-hmm. The beast mode. But I, I think those are the core guys we would look at and go, ooh, that's what you want right there out of a running back. I don't think we're missing anybody else, right? And I feel like I want Christian McCaffrey in there somewhere. You want, you want a little Already. white boy Supreme in there? Just a little bit. Just watching him run around. Drop a Supreme. Let me see the NFC really quick. Okay. Just um, if there's anybody else anybody? there. I don't I mean, we didn't have no Devontae Freeman in that conversation. LeGarrette Blunt's ability to break tackles. It he just, like leads the league in it every year. But that's about it. That's about it. I, I mean, the four guys, were we, the, we hit on the main guys. I think so, too. All right, we have an all-time question here. This is from Dudster. Love the podcast, except for Lefko interrupting Sims. going to be honest. I interrupted you a lot today. I'm yeah, sorry. It's okay. But I love everybody. We're, used we're to over it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I started listening a couple shit. weeks ago, and I'm kicking myself for not listening from day one. Fuck yeah, you are. Uh, who are your top five players of all time, Sims, current and old? Oh, gosh. Any all position? time. All time. Okay. All time. All time. Okay. Dylan, all time. Dylan, 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 and Dylan. Okay. All time. All time. Okay. Tom Brady's in the all time list, right? Really? Yeah. Tom Brady's definitely in the all time list. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is in the all time list. Okay. Is the- Phil Sims in your all time list? Negative Ghost Rider. Is Chris Sims? No. <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, Reggie White. Wow. Yep. All timer. Um,. Who else am I missing? What's the person? Say it. LT. L- yeah, I know. I think in LT. Uh, I probably would put LT in regardless. And then. You have one more spot. I know. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor. And then who is the fifth favorite player of all time? Who came to mind? Like, who do you really like? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Yeah. I feel I hate I that I you were gonna put Troy Aikman. Uh, I love Troy, but I don't think he's in the class of Rodgers and Brady. Uh, Reggie LT. I, w- I wish I could have had a running back in there. If I had to throw any running back in there all time, it would have been Barry Sanders. But your top five, Sims's top five of all time. Yeah. Does this become part of our constitution? The more I think about it, the who mo- is your favorite player of all time? Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Yeah. I've never enjoyed watching a player play more than Aaron Rodgers. Who is your favorite player of all time? My favorite player of all time. Can I think about it? Yeah. Do I have to give you an answer right but, now? You want to look was, did you own a jersey when you were younger? No. I mean, it was all Rutgers. Can mine's, it be a Rutgers player or does it have to be an Brian, NFL player? Mine's Brian Dawkins. That's a great one to have. My so, favorite Rutgers player growing up was Eric Foster, the D-tackle. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I oh, loved of him. course. Eric Foster. Um, <laughs> fucking idiot. Well, I mean, you want me to go with NFL player? Who gives a shit about the NFL? Uh, I'm out here fighting for Big East championships. I'll tell you who cares. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club. Go on to Dollar do. Shave Club right now. Do Dollar Shave Club slash BR in $5, please. I'm telling you. And then we have a new sponsor coming in next week, too. Yeah. And they're spending a lot of money. Really? Sponsor time with the podcast. People are all of a sudden really giving a fuck about Bleach, Sims, and Lefko. <laughs> I only love to, it. Only took 130. <laughs> or you're going to have your work cut out for oh, you today. God, huh? This is going to take me hours. No, Why are you not sweating at all? Like, you're just I don't, I, don't really, I don't really sweat. I just, for some reason, I don't sweat that much. But on the inside of my body, you're I'm, hot as hell. I'm fucking. You don't even sweat at the gym that doesn't pour out of you? Not really. Yeah, you're like I one just, of those guys. I'm one huh? of those guys. I just don't right. sweat that I don't much. Have, I think that means you're not in good shape. We have a film. You think that's what it means? Yeah. I don't think so. I've never sweat. Okay, I don't think you've ever been in good shape. <laughs> you might have a problem. Uh, Yuletide Gopher has some film questions for us. Lefko, what has been your favorite position to watch film of? I know you've grown a lot in your film study and would love to hear your perspective. My favorite position is, honestly, is uh, the D-tackles. Oh, I was going to say, that's definitely it. I love watching them, what, like a really good defensive tackle. Yes. When you just see him beating the crap out of people, yeah. playing and play out. Like watching a Sue or a Fletcher Cox, you just rewind and you go, not only does he slip in there, but then he also 
also like punches the guy back four yards. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so great. I would love to feel what it's like to be that one day. Uh, you know, just like let me be one day of Dominican. You've Sue. always talked about those guys. You can't horse around. You with can't them horse around because they them. throw like an eighty-pound arm oh. into your chest and you fly back. Yes, Sims. How much do teams typically hide in preseason in terms of scheme plays? A ton. It depends. Certain years, sometimes I was a part of teams where they go, "Hey, you know, we got to practice our stuff a little bit." I didn't like how we went into the regular season last year. We didn't practice our stuff enough in the games to where we just said, you know what, screw it. We might not show like our five-star type of plays, but we'll show two, three, and four-star type of plays. But for the most, for, for most teams, defensively, teams play extremely vanilla in the preseason. And offensively, you're only seeing like the base core plays, like mm. the first 20 plays installed in training camp. Yes, because everyone's trying to so catch somebody Jack- by so when the Jaguars ran a fake punt in the preseason, that is because that that is simply all it is is we want to make week one team and week two team just have to prepare for we could okay. we have the ability to fake a punt. It wasn't we need to get Blake Bortles out here. So I don't I, I don't think. By so. the way, on the BR, I just came across Pete Carroll issue statement on Bennett's in in incident with police. We need to stand in support of him and anyone facing inequalities. Yeah, good. And that is why I've said from the beginning the Seahawks are the franchise that should have signed. Yeah. Colin Kebrick. All right, let us go to the next one. This is, we have two ones about the AFC West team. Uh, this is Kosher923. You guys are so honest. I can't even listen to other networks about the NFL anymore. Would Kansas City have a better chance in 2017 with Mahomes or Smith? The offense seems to be engineered for a gunslinger rather than Charlie Checkdown. It is. <laughs> you're right about that, big guy. What's that guy's name? Kosher. Kosher, you're right. I mean, that's, that's a good evaluation. The offense is orchestrated. It's an Andy Reid offense, right. which is play-action bomb. Yes. That's what it's always been. Right. And if you look at even, like, I, I think right away I thought about the Cincinnati Bengals game. Tyree Kill was flying by the defense, gone, like, two or three different times. And Alex Smith just couldn't get it out there to him quick enough, far enough, either way. And Tyree Kill, I believe, dropped one because he had to, like, stop mid-sprint. Yeah. So, yes, the offense is set up for Mahomes. The answer, though, to the question is – I can't answer that fully unless I was there to know if he has the complete grasp of the offense. He certainly looked pretty comfortable in everything he did in the preseason. You would have to call a Chiefs game and then interview them right and just tell to me just get a yeah just to get a feel for what the guy is. If they get off to a rocky start though. Uh, I I think we're going to see it happen. I really if do. If you want to beat the Patriots, yes. you need an Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You need a Russell Wilson. You need a guy. You know why the, the, the Alabama hated Johnny Manziel? You can't game plan for exactly someone like right. that. Exactly. Pat and that's Mahomes why they went to faster be, edge guys. And Pat Mahomes can be that guy for the Chiefs that adds a wrinkle that you cannot prepare for. This, this is the... I don't think I don't like Dak can be like that sometimes too. Yeah, he can be. I, I think like I don't. You know what's always interesting to me, and I, I've had this conversation come up with like week one, a lot of pressure on teams in week one. Everybody wants to get off to a good start, right? I think it goes underlooked because everyone goes, "Oh, it's a long season." Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Week one, a ton of pressure, and then if you lose week one. Uh, it's it gets tight in an NFL locker room. It gets t- the coaches are on big time edge because of what 
I mean, you go zero and two, your chances of making the playoffs decrease huge, forty like percent. And or Super like Bowl that. wise, I, I don't even know. I mean, other than the ninety three Cowboys when Emmett missed the first two games, and did the New England Patriots go zero and uh, before Brady's got hurt? Before, before the, Bledsoe got hurt? No, Brady no. The in? year, remember when they lost to KC in that bad Monday night game? Were they zero and two? Or were they one no, and that three? That was the fifth game of the year. Or, I, I think they, they were one and three. three. Maybe that's what it was. I think they were two and three. But it's hard to overcome that. Uh, the real Rael, dudes, uh, says he drives a lot and he loves putting on a podcast that he can laugh at and respect, even though I didn't have the Raiders making the playoffs. Anyway, Sims, Stop it, little left go. do you truly think that a team can progress as much as the Raiders have to defensively to have the season to match those expectations? Uh, no, I don't think they're going to progress enough to any of our likings. I, I think that's the first thing. We just got to get it through our head. It- it's um, an unproven secondary. They didn't do a whole lot. In the in the preseason to encourage in those thoughts, and then also still haven't seen that third pass rusher, right? Right, and that's what worries me. They're the last in football in sacks, so uh, I, I mean the Mario Edwards juniors and people have to start to step up. But no, at the end of the day, I'm still looking at the the Oakland Raiders to win shootouts with Derek Carr. That's why I took Amari Cooper in the second round of my fantasy yeah, draft, yeah, because they're gonna have to throw it to catch up because their defense stinks. Uh, a few people hit me up on Instagram. If you want to hit me up on Instagram, it's at Adam Lefko, and they slide just, into the DMs. They DM me. I was posting videos of you on TV at Notre Dame. I saw. And I was one like, of your... look at this guy. And people and someone sent me. He's like, "You guys are couple goals," <laughs> and and I looked at my girlfriend. Couple and I was like, goals? Yeah, it means like it's an internet thing. You're a you're a couple that people aspire to be. Oh, and I said, I said, Sims always calls me uh, his work wife. Yeah, and my girlfriend goes, "Well, you are his work wife." And I said, really? "Yeah." He, she goes, "She goes, well, women are more impressive than men anyway." And I'm like, "No, it's very true. It's very true." Uh, <laughs> so now he buys it. <laughs> Nick Rizzo hit me up and said he's been listening since the third episode. He loves us. He gets drunk as hell during Game of Thrones to see if he can handle ballers. He can't. It's the worst show on television. And he said, "I love you too." And except, and he he called Fendrick a he said soft ass Fendrick. Yeah, soft ass. I'm soft. Soft yeah, ass soft. Royal Highness. Soft. When I sent the Royal Highness quote to him, you know what popped up? A girl with a crown on. So he's that's I was perfect. like perfect. JSTC three <laughs> said, "Can you ask Sims why he talked about Hassan Reddick all the time and he hasn't talked about him since? How's he looking in Arizona?" Hassan Reddick, he's looked really good. Um, little out of control at times, but I would expect that from a middle linebacker who's in a pretty complicated defense. But the fact that he started there from day one, uh, his athleticism is undeniable. So, yes, you're going to see Bobby Wagner, Ryan Shazier type stuff from a They are Reddick. one of the few teams that I'm super excited because I do not know what to expect out yes. of them. Uh, all right, two more for you. One of them is a request, and one of them is asking for advice. Uh, Jake McDonald, Sims and Lefko Review. What up, guys? I've been meaning to do this for weeks. Adam, thank you for coming on the Charm City Bird a Watch podcast. Uh, having on Adam was truly an honor. Uh, he's probably one of the chillest dudes I've ever interviewed. With that being said, Sims, it's your turn. Would love to have you on the podcast. Can't wait. It's going to be an awesome season. Talk soon. Okay. He wants you on the podcast. All right. So you're putting me the guilt on with the mic in you front have of my face? a shitload of work this I year. I do have holy I, I need balls, people Batman. to understand. Sims is working for Pro Football Talk three times a week in the morning. Yep. Then he's traveling like eight, seven or eight weeks, seven weeks. to go to Notre Dame yep. to cover those games. Right. And then Thursdays after our bet show, you're going to NBC and doing like how many? Five, five regional Doing sports. interviews with five different places. Sims is becoming big time really quickly. And there might be more work on the horizon. Who knows? I I found a Today Show link from today, by the way. 
You Look found- at what Sims is freaking wearing. His top button, little plaid shirt. Of course. Well, my has, my agent has- goes, well, I would have liked if you dressed a little better. I said, no, this outfit got me here. This is what I'm wearing right here. Bleacher Report attire. All right, last one. This is from Enrod 2013 NFL Predictions. Heard your predictions, wanted to give you mine. I think Seattle tops the Patriots in the Super Bowl 24-21. to uh, He had all the teams winning the divisions. Uh, it was a lot similar to ours. Patriots, Steelers, Chiefs, Titans, Raiders, Texans. Seahawks, Giants, Bucks. Packers, Hardest division is the AFC West, I think. When I really oh, look yeah. at it, I just go, hmm. NFC East is hard, too. It is tough. Uh, I am a sports editor for my school's newspaper at the College of Charleston. Any tips for having a sports journalism career would be much appreciated. Hook'em horns. Best podcast out there. What I would say to you is a few things. One, to anyone that listens to our podcast and wants to kind of do what I'm doing, which is kind of in that host role, one... Don't be afraid to have an opinion. Uh, read a lot. Know who the fuck you are. Don't don't try and be the next Adam Lefko. Don't try and be the next Chris Sims. Don't try and be you know the next Leah McHugh or whatever it is. Figure out how you talk and then write so much that you can write the way that you talk. I write the way that I talk to keep it natural. There's a lot of people that once they start reading their writing, it, it sounds like a different person. Yeah. Write so much that it becomes natural. Bust your fucking ass. And also read a lot of things that are not sports because that will help you with the world. Um, and just be ready to grind a lot. When you're in college, do a lot of internships. Get out there and do radio, do TV, do local TV. If you can get a big internship, awesome. If you're going to apply for an internship, I know a lot of you guys email me and ask me for jobs. I'm not the guy that can hook you up. And a lot of people that are in my position can't recommend people from internships because that's not their department. But just berate people with with emails, but also, you know, create conversation. Your first email cannot be, can I have a job? You know, like ask questions. Get, get, send us, send me you on camera. I am happy to watch your tape and, and critique it. I want to give back for the very few people that helped me out because there was a lot of people that didn't help me out. But um, don't be afraid. Really pay attention and, and write a lot because if you're a good writer, that's what kind of helped me out with Bleacher Report. We, they, it, was a, it was a job where they didn't need people to write for me because I could write for myself. So that's, that's kind of the advice that's off the top of my head right now. Yeah, good advice. Okay. So tomorrow we are recording uh, our pick segment. We are going to be doing, we're going to be doing with the lines, all of the picks, and then at the end, we're doing our guaranteed to lose, our fi- we're bringing it back. I told Canvasser we have guaranteed to have it. Guaranteed to lose. So we're going to give you betting advice, and then at the end, if you're in a survivor league, we're going to tell you the five teams that we think will definitely be losing so that you can kind of figure out what you want to do with your survivor picks. Coming up in a little bit, Von Miller. Can like, I say right, one thing before we go? Of course. To- I just want to say, everybody in South Florida, be safe. Board up the house. I'm serious, though. I have like family members that are down in South Florida. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, global warming's real, okay? Uh, these big storms are because of global warming. I'm sorry, Josh. I got to say it. No, that's okay. 99% of the scientists agree. Only 94% think tobacco causes cancer. So it's pretty good there. Let's do it. I agree. Everyone, please be safe with Hurricane Irma. What we just experienced with Harvey was crazy, and we've seen this many, many times before. Again, Dollar Shave Club. 
Head over to dollarshaveclub.com slash BR. For $5, you get a razor, you get an awesome butt wipe, and then you get some soap, and you get some shave. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a one-wipe Charlie, Fendrick. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to go to the bathroom right now, and you're going to have the cleanish tush in Bleacher Report. Nice. Tomorrow, our betting segment. It's going to be awesome. Three podcasts a week. We love you. So excited for the podcast to be ready to go with the season, and football is almost here for Sims. I need an IV. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. Von Miller coming up next. I'm Lefko. Holler at you guys later. And look at this. Von Miller is joining the Sims and Lefko podcast, all because of Old Spice and their new Invisible Spray. 48-hour protection and fresh manly scents in a spray-and-go form that goes on dry without the white marks on your skin or T-shirt. I use a spray. I might have to get Old Spice. Old Spice, send me some stuff. I want it. To watch this new Old Spice TV spots, his new Old uh, old Spice TV spots, fans can go to Old Spice's YouTube channel. Vaughn, I don't know if you remember this, man. A few years ago, I went to your house, and we showed your cool crib and all your cars. This was before the MVP. This was before the Super Bowl. This is before you were the face of Old Spice. I was in the kitchen eating pizza with your mom, and now I'm talking to you because you're, you're the ultimate big shot, man. How you been? Uh, I've been pretty good. I mean, I just uh, that, that was day, but, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been good. Just taking it, you know, one day at a time. You know, I'm excited about this season. I mean, it's been great. I mean, I, I don't have, uh, I don't have any complaints about anything. I'll tell you what. One thing that we do on this podcast is we do whoa. Big off season, and you won the award for biggest off season. When I read about you and Hell's trainer Frank Matriciano, Peter King is over there writing about your thighs. Your trainer saying you guys are going to be like, damn, I thought last year was something. How different is your body this year from last year? How crazy was all that stuff? Oh yes, uh, it's, my body is totally different. I mean, I've always been in great shape. I've always, you know, eating, you know, healthy and done all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, um, I'm in great shape. I, I was really uh, the type of training I was doing. You gotta, you gotta really, you gotta really be looking for that stuff. Like you can't, like if if um, I was here with the Broncos and they had us doing that stuff here, I would, you know, say what is going on? Like this is not how you practice. This is not how you work out in National Football League, which is which is true. I was looking for something different. I was looking, um, I was looking for something that uh, that that restart, you know, my body, that restart my mentality, and uh, you know, working out with Frank and um. And San Francisco, yeah, it did that. You know, he, instead of working out for reps, you know, sometimes you come into the weight room. You know, we're all pros, so when you come in, you don't know exactly what you're doing. You know, strength conditioning coaches there tell you, you know, we got this set, this set, and you know, we are, um, you know, we ended with a little cardio, and this is the cardio we're doing. You know, it wasn't like that with Frank. We'd meet on the beach, and he would just say, you know, uh, just run to the wall and back, and then he just say, run to the wall and back again. And so you kind of. You you really don't know what you're about to do and how much you're about to do. You're just there for work, and um, I think uh, you know having that mentality and you know really you know trying to translate that mentality over to the football. It's something that I need because you never know how long the game is going to be. Yeah, they say it's four quarters, but you know, the defense could be out there longer. Um, you know, the drive could be you know three plays or it could be eleven plays. All right, um, so you know it's uh, it's all different type of factors that go into you know being you know great on defense, and I just wanted to build that have the mentality into my game. I think I, I had a, I think I got a great start on that working out with Frank in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I just want to ask a little bit more about that. First, Vaughn, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, geez, hook them horns. The Longhorns stink, but geez, whoa, Texas A&M this weekend. <laughs> whoa. Uh, you didn't shed a tear or anything on that, did he you? He was Sunday there. Night? He was there. You were there? Yeah, I, was, I must have missed yeah, that clip. There. 
I was there, but I had to leave early. I left early because I had practice at six forty-five in the morning in uh, Denver. Okay, so they so lost because you, you left Did because you they had to leave when, when you left. I left with winning, so in my mind, we won the game. Yeah, you didn't win yeah, the I'm game. Really okay, the Longhorn will tell you you didn't win. That's just how National Football League is. I mean, I mean that's just how that's just how college that's just that's just how college football is. You know, sometimes. You know, you win games like that. Sometimes you're able to rally and come back and win games like that. You know, and unfortunately, you know, a loss, you know, here and there, that, that happens too. We got a young team. We got a young, talented team. And um, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it was a great learning process for those guys. I was sitting there on the sideline. What, what about right, – I just want to ask one more question about the training the training philosophy in that because I am intrigued by that. I mean, you're one of the most explosive players in the NFL, one of the most explosive pass rushers ever in the history of the NFL. You know, other than staying in shape and working in the sand, like will you do the traditional things anymore, like where you just – you get under the bench press and put 300 pounds on there or squat, you know, 350? Uh, does that go on in the regiment at this point? I mean, not not in San Francisco, not with Frank. No, we don't have any. We don't have any weights like that. It's just uh, our um, our workout um, tools. We have a jump rope. We got a mat. Um, we got a we got a forty pound medicine ball, and we got a fifty pound medicine ball, and that's all we got in uh, San Francisco. So we do everything in San Francisco with those tools. You know, I, I mean, of course, you know, you got to get under this press. You know, when I'm here in Denver, I'm not saying like. Uh, we got I had a great strength and conditioning coach here with Luke Richardson as well. You know he's been great with me as, as well. So uh, you know here get on the bench, get on the squat, whatever it is I need to do. But there, it's, it was a uh, you know it was it was tough physically, but mentally is uh, it was it was even tougher. Right. You know he'd say he get on the wall. He'd say give me like you know uh, you know twenty um, twenty medicine ball throws, and you do twenty medicine ball throws with a fifty pound weight over your head. And then he'd say okay. Run. It's another. It's a. It's a uh, quarter mile. You run them quarter mile, and you got to run back. So it's half a mile right there. Mm-hmm. And when you get back, you do. You know, you do twenty more. And it was just. It just felt like I was in college again. It felt like I was working, and it felt like I was grinding towards you know the unknown again. And I think um, in college, that's where it's at its at, at its purest form. You know, you you don't know if you're going to the National Football League or not. You don't know if you. Gonna, I didn't know if I was going to be the number two pick. I was just grinding for whatever came. And um, that's the type of work that I was getting at San Francisco. You got a lot of pub, and, and we love to hear the whole pass rush summit. My whole theory was you want all the pass rushers to be better because then everybody gets paid more, and then the position goes up. Why not help everybody help everybody? What is one thing you stole from somebody else in the pass rush summit? I mean, the crazy thing about it, you know, all of the pass rushers that we had there, from Eric Armstead to Olivier Vernon, um, DeMarcus Ware was there to Khalil Mack, of course. You know, everybody had their own unique things that made them great. You know, Khalil is just freakishly strong and uh, quick and fast. And uh, some of the stuff that Khalil does, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to just pick a uh, 350-pound lineman up with one arm and move him like that. You know, that's not you know that's not my game. But to see the way he does it, to see his mentality on the football field, um, we it was a session that we had at the Pastor Summit for about two and a half hours where all the pass rushers went over their film, went over there. We had we had clips and cut ups of every single pass rusher that was there. So every single guy had their own cut up and they stood up in front of everybody and they talked about, you know, the pass rush. They talked about, you know, what made them great on this what was they thinking. You know, I can do that all I want uh, here at Dove Valley watching film, but until you got the guy telling you exactly what he was thinking on this play and what happened on this play from his point of view, that's where the games come from. 
And I think uh, either that was the biggest. I think that was big for us all at the past first summit. And um, to have the type of turnout that we had with all the past versions from the defensive player of the year, you know, to uh, you know, to Eric Armstead, to Solomon Thomas, the you know, the third pick in the draft this year, to Demarcus Ware, to Stanford, just letting us uh, using that facility, it was it was a blessing. And you know, hopefully we can, um, hopefully I can, you know, expand on that uh, this coming up. We have already talked to Richard Sherman to turn Ooh. it into like a pass rush summit, DB summit, kind of like a three day thing at Stanford. So it, it's great. I think they do it in they do it in the NBA all the time. You know, so it was about time for you know us to start doing the National Football League, and it's a, it's a legacy you know twist to that as well. You know, you always want to help other guys improve their game. You know, whenever it's all said and done, you have an opportunity to um, if you get an opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame and go to Canada and have a speech. What guys say about you, you know, is, it, it speaks volumes at that, at that point. I like the way you think in the future, and I know speaking of the future and Khalil Mack, both of you guys are saying right now you want to hit thirty sacks this year. Sims is saying that that's uh, it's a you're crazy. Too early. You're crazy, Aggie. You're crazy. You didn't get twenty yet. You can't talk about thirty. It is. It is. It is crazy, but it's, it is doable though. <laughs> right. It is crazy, but it can't happen. Like I, and then uh, you know how to mean you like twist. I never said that I was going to get thirty sacks. I would like to get thirty sacks. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's it's crazy, like you said, but it is doable. I think uh, you know guys like Khalil, Olivier, you know um, Big Beasley, you know, all these guys. They they can get thirty sacks. It's not it's it's doable. That's that's all I was saying. You know, I I never really said I never really put um I never really put you know um stats and I never really have like a set number in my head. I just try to go out there and play dominant football. And if I'm able to do that, you know I'm gonna. I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay with going out there and uh, being dominant. You know, if, if a team in the National Football League doesn't want you to get a sack, 90, it's a 95% chance that you won't get a sack that game. So I just try to make those game-changing plays somewhere else on the football field, whether it's run defense, whether it's coverage. And I think that's what separates me from all the other defensive players. Um, all the other great defensive players that we have in the National Football League, I, I cover tight ends. I cover, you know, receivers. I, I play the run. I come off the ball and I play – you know, a traditional um, linebacker in the traditional position. I, I go up and I Hell rush yeah. the passer. And I play inside and rush against the guards. You do whatever it takes for my team to be to be dominant. So it, when it comes to, you know, numbers and stats, I'm like, you know, it doesn't really matter about that. I just try to go out there and be great. Yeah. That's why Sims is picking you to be defensive player of the year. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I agree with you, too. You know, if a team doesn't want you to get sacks, they can do that. But where guys like you don't get the value sometimes is, like, there's no stat for fucking a play up. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, he bull rushed the tackle and or messed up the running back to where he ended up a four-yard loss, but you didn't get the tackle. So uh, that's what you're great at, too, that there's no stat line for. All right, wait. Other thing I want to say to you, Vaughn, because uh, we consider ourselves the player's pod. Podcast. We're always like anti. We want you guys to get as much money right. as possible. We're anti the billionaire owners. Screw them. They got enough money. Um, I really admired your stance last year with the franchise tag. It was you great. said you said the hell with it. I'm not going to play football because I know my worth. What's your What's your uh, your thought on Aaron Donald and Odell Beckham Jr.? They're not getting franchised, but they're holding out because they know they're worth more than the value. Like Odell making 1.8 million. I always say it's great for the players. It's great for the whole league that they're they would do that, and Aaron Donald especially. But uh, I just would like to hear your thought. I mean, I, I think. Um you know, in the National Football League or in the NFL, you have to uh, – you never know how long you can be able to play here in the NFL. I mean, you know, it's not basketball. Like, we, we all know that. You know, those guys get you know, outrageous numbers and all this stuff. If it was, 
you know, like basketball, guys were being paid like basketball on time, like basketball, then it wouldn't be holdouts. But it, it's it's not like that. So you you have to take stances sometimes. You have to, you know, look out for your career. You have to look out for who you are as a person. Um, you have to look out for who you are as a player. You got to know you got to know your worth. And um, I'm with I'm with those guys. Whatever those guys uh, need to do to to make sure they uh, you know get what's uh, due to them is 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 okay with me. Uh, Aaron Donald's been to the Pro Bowl each of his each of his um, you know three years in the National Football League. So it's and that's that's not even the stat. Like Aaron Donald is one of the, the most elite players. Yes. In the field right now. So right. You know, for him to. You know, not get paid. You know, for him not to have a contract by now on the Rams team, where you know he really is, you know, the backbone of that whole team at a position like defensive tackle, where it's a it's a surefire position. You pay you you can pay a defensive tackle most of the time. Those guys are the backbone of the whole right. franchise. You saw what Malik Jackson well, you know, did for you. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like if it's, that's a surefire position. If you look at you know Sue and you know. Uh, Jared McCoy, those guys play a long time. Those guys are dominant for a long time. You got to pay those guys. Defensive tackle, you know, and he's he's more than just defensive tackle, but his position alone, defensive tackle. Once you have an elite, you know, defensive tackle like that, you got to pay those guys. You know, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm with Aaron Donald. You know, he's, Aaron Donald is going to be, um, you know, the highest defensive play pair in the National Football League. He has to he has to get that, and then you need to move over to, to Odell Beckham, who's not a player in the National Football League. Like Odell, it never has been a player like that. He has a global, you know, presence. Um, you know, he's he's a receiver, and people say, you know, you gotta. It is dependent on the quarterback, but it's bigger than that for him. You got so many kids around the world that look up to. Oh, um, you know, he brings he brings uh, he brings attention to the New York Giants, a team that already had, you know, a, a global presence. But the biggest star on the New York Giants is Odell, Odell Beckham. He's one of the faces faces of the franchise. You got to pay a guy like that. He's been he's been elite since he stepped into the National Football League as well. So you got you got to pay guys like that. Surefire guys like that. You, you got to pay those guys. How long did it take you to get over the T.J. Ward news? Um, I, you know, it was tough. It, it, it was unfortunate, but I mean, I, I'm I'm over it. It wasn't something that I had, uh, you know, to like get over or anything like that. You know, it was an unfortunate um, thing. T.J. was my guy. Y'all. I was surprised by him, you know, getting cut. But that had happened to. To ninety-five percent of guys in the National Football League, it, it happened to Peyton Manning. So, you know, it's a beautiful and ugly situation. You know, um, but it, what it does—the beautiful part about it—it it really opens the way for Justin Simmons and and, uh, and Will Parks. You know, it gives them the torch, and you know, hopefully they'll be able to light the way. You know, it gives them an application to the no-fly zone. It, it's a it's a beautiful situation for them because they ha- now have the opportunity to go out there and be great and prove to everybody. Um, what type of players that can be? When you have when you have a 22 year old guy, and a 23 year old guy that's playing at elite level, and um, you got a uh, a guy like uh, you know T.J. Ward that's been playing at elite level as well, it makes it tough on on the franchise. And sometimes decisions like that are made. For sure. Last thing I want to ask you is celebrations are allowed now, and you are one of the king of the dancers of NFL players. Are you bringing anything new, or should we expect more of the swiveling Von Miller hips that we've grown to love over the past? Uh, probably what I do, I probably might, I, I might have like a a can of the new Old Spice Invisible Spray in my socks, something, and you know, step in the end zone when I score and spray on my tips. It gives you like a 48 hour. You know, protection and it goes on dry without the white mark. So I might have like a little old spice. Thing. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding there. But um, no, I have, uh, I have really, 
you know, taking this uh, this celebration or thing serious. I, I, I think it's great for the National Football League. You know, some rules have changed. You know, so if you score now, you know, it's a it's a continuing clock. You got 40 seconds, so a receiver can't score the ball and take all day with a celebration or to get delayed again. And, um, you know, the still, you know, I can't really give the, you know, the hip thrust or anything like that. But I, I'm kind of, I got a lot of, you know, sack dances that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I think, um, you know, being able to celebrate with your teammates is huge. I, I would like to see some, some soccer celebrations where the whole or everybody on the field goes crazy. I would like to see that in the National Football League. You know, with some celebration like that with my team. So, you know, hopefully it'll, 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 hopefully it'll, it'll take off. And it's what the fans want to see. It's what the players want to do. So I think it'll be great. Awesome. Vaughn, we both got you in the playoffs. Sims has you as Defensive Player of the Year. You are awesome. If you I get 30, you, you'll be the MVP. Yeah, 30 or <laughs> the MVP of the whole league. Right. Screw the quarterbacks. Right. But I uh, appreciate, appreciate you, man. Be good, man.